2: Welcome back to another episode of Bombing with Eric Andre, where I talk with friends, comedians, musicians, and other creative people about their worst moments bombing at work and at life, taking a big old metaphorical dump on stage. I got to speak to rapper and good friend Danny Brown. Danny's been all over the music world, collaborating with the likes of ASAP Rocky, Purity Ring, and JPEG Mafia. If you like this episode, subscribe to the podcast to get a new episode every week, rate it five stars, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to Big Money Players Diamond to get an Exclusive clip from my chat with Danny Brown, plus ad-free episodes every week. And now you're just gonna have to listen. And let's get into it.
0: Bobby
2: bombing. Bobby. Bobby bombing with Eric Andre. Danny Brown, rapper, actor, activist, political dissident, politician. Aries. I'm a Pisces. Pisces. Uh, Reverend community leader, weapons expert, Danny Brown, ladies and gentlemen. He just got here. He just flew in. He just got here.
4: What's up? What's up?
2: Are you in Detroit? No, I live in Austin now. Oh, you live in Austin, Texas? Yeah. What happened to Detroit? You turned your back on your own people.
4: Not necessarily. I mean, you know.
2: You turned your back on your community.
4: I still go out there every Thanksgiving.
2: (laughs) You got family out there? Of course. I was born and raised, you know. You told me you had eight houses out there or something. I think like three. A long time ago, you were like, yeah, man. I was like, Detroit's awesome. It was my first time there. You were like, I was like, do you live out there? You're like, I got eight houses out Not there. Not eight. I didn't say eight. I definitely you didn't You were say flexing that. hard. I definitely didn't say that, but I got a few.
4: <laughs> I still got them. I still got a few out
2: there, you know? OK, wait, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What's the worst show you've ever done in your entire life? The worst bomb? It was a quick podcast.
4: I mean, the worst show, I mean, it's, it, it's been a few. But I would never think it was my fault. Nah, I did some sh- terrible shows where I was just blacked out drunk, and that was my fault, but.
2: <laughs> What's the most drunk you've ever been on a show? What's the most wasted you've been on show? Just
4: blacked out, like, um, like not too long like, ago. Like, don't remember any of it? Yeah, like, um, a few years ago, I, pl- I played Pitchfork Fest,
2: mm-hmm. and
4: I just ended up starting drinking too early, got too drunk. And the thing is, when I get too drunk like that, I would just forget everything. So I couldn't remember not one song. So the entire <laughs> set, I'm just like, the beat would drop, and I'd be like, ah. So before I know it, I just started trying to do stand-up, which went horribly wrong, you know? But the worst the worst show I think I ever played was, um I was opening up for Childish Gambino. We played in Dallas. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think our, you know, that's when I was really just first starting out. And I wouldn't say, like, I had his fan base. We had, like, different fan bases, to be honest. Uh-huh. And I would go out, and it was, like, probably, like, I think it was Dallas. I was playing in Dallas, and... Like, I got like maybe three songs in on a like 30 minute set and he just started chanting his name like,
1: Gambino,
4: uh, Gambino, and I was just so hurt, like my feelings was hurting. I was just like, man, uh, but like, just give me, let me finish the set, be out here just let me finish it, man. But the cool thing about that show, though, was um, JPEG was actually in audience of that show.
2: Oh, shit. Yeah. And was this was this before he was famous or whatever? He was a young kid. Oh, man. shit. Oh, he, oh whoa. So this was a while ago.
4: Yeah. It was over 10 years ago, so it was great. I mean, it worked out. Now we're making music together, you know?
2: Yeah, it all worked out, shit. Who's making your beats? Do you guys make your own beats?
4: Peggy make all the beats. He do everything, mix, master. Yeah. He da, he da, I call him the executioner, man. I just got to show up and rap. It's the easiest. <laughs> it's it's
2: the amazing. Easiest dude.
4: working process I ever had working with him. Man, that fucking album. And also, he let me be a drunk asshole, too. So, you know, working with some people. <laughs> They wouldn't let me get Wait, down. were
2: you drinking while you recorded the record? Yeah,
4: it was really
2: bad. What was your, oh, it was the, it was the worst.
4: This was the end. This was the end game. <laughs> this was like right oh, really? right before I went to rehab.
2: This was final boss Yeah, stage. it
4: was the final boss stage. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Wait, was this, were you like drinking in the morning?
4: Yeah. Oh, shit. I was one of those. Were you
2: drinking vodka or what? I was drinking,
4: I mean, I was drinking tequila. That used to be my go-to, but. Yep. since being out in Texas I start I knew I knew it was time when I started drinking whiskeys and um, <laughs> yeah whiskeys and bourbons I think the last yeah. th- I was drinking bourbon the last go Yeah
2: on. how long are you drinking for in your life
4: Honestly to be honest man I think it all stemmed from touring and stuff cuz I never was a big drinker like that the
2: pressure of touring So like
4: even like going out doing that like Gambino Gambino stuff I was sober and stuff then but after a while I started you know scared of the crowd and shit so I would, I would have a drink you know yeah. it started out with me just having a few drinks before the show and and then i would get to the point where i didn't care what the crowd cared about you know I right. would so just go out there and have fun because i was drunk you know <laughs> but before i knew it it just got out of hand after 10 years of doing that then i was drinking a bottle before the show you know
2: you didn't gain a bunch of weight though whenever i drink like that my my i have like fucking six tits like a dog i mean i had a
4: big ass belly i had that big you know that alcoholic belly i was looking like the alien on the on, on american dad where I got the skinny arms, but the big belly, I call that the alcoholic build, because I was in rehab, that's how everybody was built. Everybody just had the skinny frame with the big belly.
2: When did you know you had to go to rehab? What was like the last day where you're like, ah, oh, shit, you looked at like an empty bottle of Jack Daniels, and you're just like...
4: I feel like I knew,
2: I felt like I knew for probably over a year. Yeah. I just didn't know the
4: ways of going about it. And I guess, you know, just being men, we scared to ask for help sometimes, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So
4: I just was just tired of embarrassing myself. I think, I, actually, when I did that Joe Rogan podcast.
2: You went on there drunk? I
4: mean, I was, I was going through a lot at the time. My aunt had just died. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. And my family was on me like crazy, like they needed money for the funeral and all that. And I really didn't even have the money. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: so I was stressed out about that and just trying to figure that whole thing out. And I, I forgot that I was supposed to do a show. And I was, you know, hanging out. And he hit me up. And I was been drinking all that morning. And I ended up yeah. going over there. And I had a few more drinks. And before I knew it, I was blacked out. I don't even remember doing it, to be honest. I forgot everything. I didn't know where I was at at that point. I thought I was just sitting in the crib talking to one of my homies. But seeing myself on that and just doing my podcast in general, when I was just getting so drunk there and just seeing myself, you know, it's, it's it's one thing when you're just drinking, you know, but when you can see yourself back and be like, oh my yeah. God, I can't believe I said that or I can't believe, you know. And it was just like, yeah, I need to get some help.
2: Were you like doing acid and shit too and popping pills? I was
4: doing mushrooms for an entire, I did mushrooms like every day for an entire summer last summer
2: and i was eating like 14 cool. grams
4: a day oh my god what <laughs> yeah i went through like a quarter pound of mushrooms in like a month
2: 14 grams
4: i mean not every day but like that but would you be must
2: my- have like seen the center of the universe i would have been tripping fucking balls i seen my own grave Oh shit. That's wild. <laughs> it wasn't as dark as you think. It was
4: actually kind of soothing. No,
2: mushrooms are awesome. Yeah. I don't you know, I mean 14 grams is a heroic dose to say the least, but mushrooms I don't look at like I look at it as alcohol. It's like alcohol's so bad for it you. Is the I worst. love it. It's so fun, but I it's so bad for you. I wish it wasn't so fucking bad for you. It's it so is the worst. Toxic. I'm going to Peru to do ayahuasca. Oh yeah. That
4: sounds like a great time. yeah yeah
2: and i smoked toad venom oh
4: yeah how was that
2: it was great my dad just died last year december so i smoked so i went to mexico and i smoked toad venom right after he died so i could say goodbyes. yeah thanks man it was fucking crazy i saw the center of the universe yeah but um okay so the worst show you think you ever had was childish gambit up for donald yeah yeah have you ever gotten bottles thrown at you i got a lemon thrown at me (laughs) <laughs> it's very specific.
4: And I was so drunk, I thought I actually blocked the lemon. Like, I was pretty drunk, somebody threw a lemon at me. And I seen it coming. It's almost like, you know, I thought I was doing some kung fu shit. Like I seen it coming, I thought I blocked it, but it beamed me right in my head. It's actually still on YouTube somewhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, was that Gathering of the Juggalos? No, that.
4: I, well, they got me too. But um, I played, um, it was during South by Southwest, I played Fader Fort.
2: Oh. And
4: I was actually the headlining act because you know when you're on the cover, of that month they always make you the headline act but at the time 2 chains was blowing up like crazy so 2 chains mm-hmm. was he he was you know by right he should have been the headline act but you know me I'm sticking to the script Cause they actually came to me niggas like yo we think um how how you feel about um Two Chains closing the show. I'm like, man, you know, I've been a fan of the Fader and, you know, going to Fader port So it was like a dream to me. So I was like, man, I'm going to yeah. cover this month. It's supposed to be mine. So, yeah. I, but it was one, that's one of the ones I wish I could take back. I wish I didn't close the show. <laughs> I wish oh, I? that's what I let Two Chains do it.
2: <laughs> oh, wait. Two Chains went on before you? Yeah.
4: And killed it, too. That's tough. And killed it, too. And, and I remember telling them when they came to me and asked me about it. And I remember, I, was, I, I, you could just tell by my mannerism. I was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm closing. I'm, I'm doing this." And I remember looking at that two chains, and I could just see him mouth the words. So he was like, "Stupid!"
5: Visit livenationcom concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean paul Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars, Oh and Two-door Cinema Club
0: I'll be, I'll be, I'll be with
2: Eric Andre. What was the early days, like your fir- very first shows were those like the toughest shows?
4: I mean, I, I came from Detroit, so we had a crazy like open mic scene. So I used to go to like I used to go to the open mics every Tuesday, and I definitely bombed a few of those. But it it, it would be one of those things where like I probably like write a rap all week that I'm gonna say at the open mic, but it was you never knew what beat you was gonna get. And I felt like um, it was Mob Deep got it twisted instrumental. That was like the hardest beat to ever rap over because it sounds fast, but it I mean it sounds slow, but it's fast.
2: Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh.
4: and your rap would never really match to that if you didn't write it to that. And so I feel like the DJ would always try to get at the people he wanted to slip up. And I got that one <laughs> okay, week.
2: He had it out for you.
4: I got that <laughs> one week and it was horrible. It went re- real bad for me, real bad.
2: <laughs> like were people threatening to kill you kind of bad or boot off the stage or what?
4: I mean, you know, Detroit, you kind of get a name for yourself in the open mic scene, you know, as far as like that whole eight mile thing. So that was like my, mm-hmm. I guess my B-Rabbit situation. Everybody thought I sucked. He's like oh he sucked, so me coming back the next week they're like oh here you go, <laughs> you know? but I eventually won him over. I eventually won him over after a while.
2: Okay, what was the turn? How did you turn it on him? I
4: think I got um actually he gave me um one week he gave me uh, um another um, my Deep beat. He gave me Hold You Down, and I love Alchemist so I can just easily rap to his drum. So I was, I just yeah. bought that one. And after that everybody knew everybody knew that.
2: <laughs> that's when that is that when you felt like you got your not your roses but like your stripes yeah
4: yeah yeah for sure because then because you know it, it would always be a thing of like um at the open mics if you suck they trying to call you first and yeah if you kind of nice you'll get caught later on at, at the end of the night and then when i came back the next week they called me like maybe like third or second or last
2: what is the thing that you felt like Kind of blew you up what was like when you were like oh shit now i have a, a fan base
4: actually to be that's why it's so weird that i live in austin now because it was actually south by southwest it's coming out to south by southwest and uh, i mean i was starting to get a name like like during the blogs and stuff like that but um yeah and then that's what it is like fader you know fader Four was kind of like the biggest show to play and uh uh-huh. you know so i i, I wasn't on fader Four this year and um but ended up Raphael sadiq had canceled so they needed someone to fill the spot real quick. And I was like doing like six, seven shows a day. That was that time, like walking in each bar and yeah. just rapping in front of seven people. Yeah. And they threw me. I don't think people really knew who I was like that. And they threw me in. They just added me to that. And I played like maybe, I'm going to say like fairly early in the day. But it was a big crowd and I, and I bodied it. And everybody. I actually seen like my Twitter just went crazy after that. Like everything
2: just started happening after that. Music happens fast. What do you happen slow? Yeah, it can happen with one song. (laughs) One song. Yeah. One three minute song. One one show. It really can it's fucking crazy.
4: I mean, because comedy is all live in that sense. You just can't record a joke and put it out. Motherfuckers gonna keep listening to it. You know? (laughs)
2: Right. Right. What's the worst show you've ever seen live? Has there been anybody that you've seen just fucking fall flat on their face? It can be a, a famous person or a uh, amateur but it doesn't matter. I'm wondering if you've ever seen somebody just like completely eat shit on stage or like any crazy gathering of the jungle stories or
4: I mean I can't say um far as like music because you know sometimes a bad music show could um could be kinda good for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can get kinda like inspired or get some comedy estimates. But I remember when um uh, Dave Chappelle I-, I made him bomb. Oh
0: yeah,
4: <laughs> and it was. Really he didn't say club.
2: it was you, but I figured it out. I like triangulated your position through the grapevine. Yeah. I saw him, and he was like, "I bombed in Detroit really bad because a rapper who will remain nameless mm-hmm. gave me some weed that was too strong." Yeah, and for I, a while, I was like, "Who that was the big. fuck is? This? So what happened?"
4: It was um, no, I actually got in, invited. You know, I'm a huge HFL fan. And, you know, I knew his manager Corey and yeah. Corey them, they invited me to the show. And it really wasn't my fault like that. Cause I didn't even have any intentions on smoking. You know, I was trying to be good. Just, you know, you meet you know, and I was, and we was kicking it backstage, but fucking Big Sean dad was back there and he started talking to Dave and he was like, yo, we was with Wiz Khalifa the other night. We was blowing it down. We was smoking it loud. And I was like, yo, Dave, you know, I got, I got the pack on me right now. He's like, oh yeah, for real, roll it up. Let's smoke, let's smoke. But this this was around the time, you remember those, um we used smoking wax and I had, and I used to, uh, I used to take wax and I would uh, make it into a
2: worm. And I would what, put- the, Is that like dabs or what? Yeah, worms? like
4: dabs. I would just I, would, I would just like roll it in my hand into a worm and oh, just sure. lay it out like in the backwoods, you know? And I'm thinking, you know, it's Dave Chappelle, is how high, high and it shouldn't be a big deal or nothing. You know what I'm saying? I want to smoke the best of the possible best that I got with him, you know? So, but I remember we were smoking. So you had
2: like a worm of fucking wax in a blunt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like 400 milligrams yeah. of weed or something.
4: But I remember we were smoking, and then he was like, man. He was just like, man, I'm smoking and drinking before the show. This is the most unprofessional shit ever. And I thought to myself. <laughs> I'm like, this is all I do before a show. What did you mean, you know? But he did go up on stage, and I remember I knew he was fucked up because he had told a bit like early in the night. And then maybe like 15 minutes later, he just told him the same bit. Like he never said this <laughs> shit before. I was like, oh shit, this is going bad. And I just got up and I snuck out. I was like, I got to get out of here. I, I don't want to be the guy
2: everybody's <laughs> going to blame me. Out.
4: Yeah, I, I snuck out. Which I think <laughs> made it worse. That's, I think he hates me now because of that.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't seem to like... He didn't seem like he resented you. He just seemed like he was like, man, I got too high at work and I fucked up. But, yeah, but now <laughs> it kind of
4: gave me like a bad name with, with comics and shit. Because every time I'm around, really? comics, yeah, if I'm smoking.
2: No, well, I remember once we found out it was you, we were
4: all like, yeah. Because I don't, I mean, I actually don't smoke weed anymore. I don't even, I don't smoke, I don't do nothing. I'm completely 100% yeah. sober now. So I don't smoke wow. weed. I don't smoke cigarettes, nothing. I don't do nothing no more. But
2: um, every cigarettes? time i Quitting cigarettes is hardcore. Yeah, I'm like, some say that's more hardcore than quitting alcohol.
4: Yeah, but it's actually these Zins. I don't know. You know, I do the nicotine pouches now, so yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. helped it. But um and I and I, you know, smoke a little vape here and there. But um I used to be around comics and shit and i would be rolling up smoking, they'd be like, Oh no, I ain't hitting your weed. I ain't like I'm about to lace <laughs> some them or something. Like I'm smoking
2: PCP or something. Like, man, what? <laughs> well, that's what I thought. Uh, when I heard it was your weed, I was like, I wonder if he like dipped it we used to call them uh cloud nines fuck no it was like we would dip it in um, angel dust in florida no i never did it that in, in my angels. life I'm from oh really I'm
4: from, a, I'm from michigan man that's not a thing where i'm from
2: man. I, i'm from florida we've we've done i've smoked PCP before yeah
4: that's what i'm saying i'm not that's not in our culture i've never smoked oh, PCP. I'm, I'm terrified of things like
2: that oh man it was crazy it's like ketamine i don't know if you've ever done ketamine but yeah, it's like
4: I, i've dabbled <laughs> yeah they're kind of
2: like they're kind of like cousins ketamine and, and pcp but uh, I smoked it in eighth grade by accident. I, I smoked probably like probably like my fourth or fifth time smoking. And we stole this joint from this uh, drug dealer. And we smoked it. And um, I was like, man, weed is crazy. <laughs> and everything.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was like everything was like 8-bit Mario, like Gen 1 Mario. What? Mario Brothers. Yeah. Everything was like your shirt. And I was like, fuck, weed is fucking Crazy! What a crazy drug that people do this all the time. And then, like the next hundred times I smoked weed, I was like, "Wow, I really didn't never got high like that." Like that fifth time, it didn't
4: scare you. That would have scared me. I never no, wanted I felt to smoke great.
2: I was too young and dumb to be afraid. I would do crazy drugs. I would do drugs. Anybody gave me like eighth, ninth grade, and I was just too dumb to know better. And I think there's like a, a, a purity and a beauty in that. That's like the actually weirdly the best time to get high because. You're too dumb to have anxiety about it. Now, any little like 15 things can come up while I'm like tripping or I'm high and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to deal with that. But I was like, I wasn't tainted by the world (laughs) yet. (laughs) And I went to the booth. I I was hoping that you gave Dave PCP. That was my, that that was. (laughs) You
4: really hate me, dude.
0: With Eric Andre.
5: Visit LiveNation.com slash to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club.
2: We talked about your most wasted on stage. Yeah. I mean, it's been a lot. Wait, have you done Mushrooms on stage? No. I mean, Molly. Molly
4: used to be my thing. On stage? Yeah.
2: While you are rapping?
4: Yeah. I mean, I would take it before and then, like, Mid set, I would just feel that, whoosh, you know that. Yeah, I love it. The yeah, craziest thing, great.
2: but I, I do MDMA. I, I, I
4: will say, I remember though, I, I played a show and um, the craziest shit I seen during the show was um, I played um, Primavera in Barcelona, and I can't remember the band man, but he just whipped his dick out and started pissing in the air and pissing, and they caught it in his mouth, and I was on Molly then. That's what made me think of that. And I was rolling. I was like, I think I'm, I think this Molly's here a little too good because I can't be seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> So yeah, Who that was is that? Who did that? I can't Who remember the that? band name. I mean, I, I think I really don't uh,
2: want to know, know the band name. Oh, my Lord.
4: That was like the craziest.
2: That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I've done Molly on stage. I've done cocaine on stage. I think I've done one of each drug on stage. I never did heroin. No. I want to smoke heroin. I want to smoke heroin once in my life and smoke crack once in my life no, before I die. I think you, I when think I turn good. like 80. I think you're good. You think so? Yeah. On my 80th birthday, I want to do one of each.
4: Now, man, like like even me, like um, with me getting clean and everything, because everything is just getting so sketchy now with all this fentanyl and all that stuff. Yeah, man. So fentanyl it's just stuff. It's scary, man. Like one night of partying yeah. could be the end, you know? And that yeah, no,
2: I'm fuck that. Go, so. Nah, it's not, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not, worth, not it. worth it. Also, like, also you've done it all. Like you drank, Mac DeMarco doesn't drink anymore, and I go, why don't you drink anymore? And he goes, I drank all my drinks. Yeah. He goes, I think, I think in your life you have like a set amount of drinks your body can handle, and he's like, I I drank them all. That's a great way to look at it. I I drank them all. The party
4: is definitely over for me, I will say. Yeah. I've had enough. Because once the the pandemic hit, like once that whole thing was all locked in, I wasn't doing no shows. I I didn't work for, I feel like, two years. And I was just stuck in a house. just. And that's really when it got real bad, you know?
2: Yeah. Same. I was drinking like a fucking... We were in international waters every day. Yeah, why not? Because there's nothing to do. So it's like, you're trapped in a house, you can't go anywhere, you can't work.
4: I knew it was bad when I was doing everything by myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. even want nobody around me. Like, I was just getting drunk and fucked up by myself. Like, what? Yeah. Working on yeah. music. Like, uh, I just became, like, the most evil person in the world.
2: Oh, no. Was your mood bad? Were you a bad drunk? Were yeah. you, like, a violent? I mean, at the end,
4: I feel like at the end, that's how I knew. It was was. like I was, It was getting to the point where every time I drank, I just got angry. Like, I was one of those mean drunks, man.
2: Yeah, because it fucks with the emotional centers in your brain. It, yeah. like, deteriorates your frontal lobe and all that shit. So, yeah,
4: I wasn't fun to be around at all.
2: Oh, shit. So you were, like, screaming and shit? Yeah. Snapping?
4: Always. Uh. I cussed, I cussed Paulie sure out the last time I saw
2: Oh, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Being drunk. I think it was the first night Rogan opened up the mothership, and uh, Gillis invited me to come through. But, if it, it it, you know, that was around my birthday weekend, and... Uh, you know, I knew I was going to rehab in like a couple of weeks, so that's when I was really trying to party hard, getting my last parties out. So I was... I've had. Oh, you
2: had it in your mind? You had rehab scheduled? Yeah, it was
4: scheduled. I was just like... Because I, I had a few more shows that I had scheduled before, you know, that I, that I was obligated to do. So it was always yeah. a thing, like, let me do these few shows and then I'm going in, you know? Yeah. And I was just... Got too drunk. I was blacked out. I don't even remember. I just woke up that morning and my girl told me, like, you know you cussed out Paulie sure last night.
2: Oh, shit. You're really burning bridges with every comedian. Burn bridges with all of them. <laughs> well, live through it, man. And we're glad that you landed on your feet. You're doing fucking amazing. You got to be fucking happy for yourself.
4: I mean, yeah. this the happiest I've been in a long time, you know? Yeah, shit.
2: You think I should start antidepressants? I have anxiety.
4: i do valerian root for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to
2: start snorting Prozac. That
4: kind of helps. It's, it's like a lot of herbal supplements that, that could come. You know,
2: I wish there was something that decreased my social anxiety like alcohol does, but it wasn't as bad for you as alcohol. Meditation. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's not as fun. I know. Not not as fun as a fucking pina colada. Danny, Mm -hmm. they try to stop us and we cannot be stopped. That's right. Very proud of you. Thank you, brother. The new album is incredible. You and Peggy have a fucking incredible, incredible alchemy and uh
4: and i got a I got a solo one. what's it called um
2: 40 yeah what's that 40 in italia Mazza la bobola. <laughs> <Ficazzo>. <laughs> all right let's go to uh italy and then have a premiere party
4: i want to i i've never been to italy but that's one place yeah I you to
2: gotta to. go i just was over there
4: oh man
0: but
2: fell in I, love yeah. fell in love
4: yeah i
2: what really want to go over there though yeah let's go we'll do a trip I'm
4: down. i can't drink no wine and then though
2: Oh yeah, okay. Well, no, we can do sober. All right, I'll That's do a sober right. trip.
4: You don't have to be sober. You can do your thing. It don't bother me.
2: I'm kind of like Mac. I think I drank all my drinks. It so. don't
4: bother me, man.
2: All right, maybe I'll have a glass of wine. Twist right. my arm.
4: You got to with the good pasta, the good cheeses, the charcuteries.
2: <laughs> Danny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, man. I Thank you, brother. It. Thanks for having me, man. Of course, come back anytime. For sure, you already know. Take care. All right. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me with Eric Andre. Bombing with Eric Andre is brought to you by Will Farrell's Big Money Players Network and iHeart Podcast. Executive produced by Han Sani, Olivia Aguilar, edited and sound designed by Andy Harris, and our art is by Dylan Vanderberg. If you want to confess to your own bombing moments or give us a shout-out, go rate us five stars and drop a review on your podcast app of choice. Write about your own stories of bombing at life. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe to Big Money Players Diamond to get exclusive bonus content with every episode and listen to all my episodes ad-free. Bye-bye!